Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outbound Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. Let's start off this week talking about Legendary Realms Create a Competitor Tournament. Next Sunday, May 28th, Memorial Day weekend, they're going to have a Create a Competitor Tournament at Legendary Realms in Lindenhurst, New York. That event is now sold out. You can't buy any tickets for it. Tickets will not be available at the door. It is sold out. Hopefully, if you wanted to go, you bought your ticket. They've also posted there's kind of a premium on space. So they're kind of discouraging people from bringing guests that aren't playing or just showing up if you're not in the tournament. So understand that. I don't have any news about the promo cards for the event. If they'll be on sale on the website, we'll have to wait and see on that. Featured matches. We have one featured match for the event. This was announced earlier today as I'm recording this. Mr. Poppin' Twist laid out a challenge for the LFF Tri-State Tag Team Championships. Cold Candy Crush will be at Legendary Realms. Mr. Poppin' Twist and his tag team partner from Twisted Aggression. Rage will be there. They have asked for a shot in person at the belts. That shot has been granted by Candy Mam, the current general manager for that championship. That match will be going down May 28th. The LFF Tri-State Singles Championship may also be happening. They've been talking about for quite a while. If John Polvrino is still the champion, and he is, If he's at Legendary Realms, he'll face Big Match Pete. Big Match Pete will be the challenger for the belt. Will Press 1P be at Legendary Realms? It's a maybe right now. It's also possible that during that day, during that weekend, Mrs. Press 1P, the Master Chef LMP, may be giving birth to their first child. If that happens, he will likely not be at the event. So it's going to be a wait and see on the singles championship for the LFF Tri-State. That's the news we have right now, though, regarding the Legendary Realms Creative Competitor Tournaments. Next big story I want to cover. We have a new general manager for the Legendary Fighting Federation for the next couple of weeks. John Calace, the current general manager, is on vacation, essentially. So... Brad Iyer, Uncle Bradley, is the current LFF general manager. He's laid down the following decree. He will not allow players to use dice towers or dice cups in championship matches. If they do, they will lose the match via pinfall. If both players are using a dice tower or a dice cup, it's a double loss. Additionally, if you Use the dice tower or dice cup during the match. Not only do you lose, but as long as Brad Iyer is general manager, you will not be allowed to compete for championships during his tenure. This 
is an awful, awful ruling. This is one of the worst things I think that's ever been put out by anyone in charge of the Legendary Fighting Federation. Absolutely awful. There's so many reasons why. I'm just going to go into them, no particular order. And let me also say this before I begin. I've had some people tell me, this is a work. He's not being serious. The problem with that is this. If you are joking about this issue, people are serious about it. There are people who are serious about banning dice cups, banning dice towers, even banning certain types of dice in this game. There are people who believe you should only be able to roll certain kinds of dice. Where do I even begin with this? If you think somebody's cheating, call them out for cheating. Don't broad brush everybody with, well, if you're using this type of dice tower, or if you're using a dice tower in general, you're cheating because it's possible that when you put the die in the dice tower, it doesn't give you a true roll, and so the result that gets spit out isn't a legitimate result. If you think that's the case, do something about it on a case-by-case -case basis. Because for everyone that says a dice tower could be suspect or a dice tower suspect, I've also heard people say certain methods of just rolling the die with your hand are suspect. This person, when they roll their die, they put a spin on the die. And that makes the rolls illegitimate. That's cheating. Some people, when they roll the die, it doesn't hit the table and roll. It just lands there flat. That's a form of cheating. The purpose of Super Show the Game is supposed to be to have fun. To start introducing, well, if you're not having fun the way I think you should have fun, if you're rolling dice in a way, if you're having fun rolling dice because you like using your fancy tower or your cup or you like putting a little spin on it, get a little English on the die, well, that's wrong. You're probably a cheater. We have to ban you from doing that. You know what's going to happen if you start telling people they can't have fun the way they want to have fun, they can't play this or that way because you think it might be cheating, they'll just quit. They'll just leave. You know? And it'll be in all it will be in all walks of Super Show. Yes, I know you're banning dice towers for championships. But once you put the idea out there that a dice tower is cheating, then any use of it becomes cheating. If I use a die tower in Cheetah Cup or Chibi Seat of Power, and I win, do I really win? Will people now say, hey, you need to disqualify him because he used the dice cup, and as the general manager said, dice cups are cheating. Dice towers are cheating. You know, is SRG now not going to send me prizes for tournaments I win in their events because I used a dice tower? If they do, is that now controversial? This just opens up way more problems than it solves. Because to me, there is no problem. Who is the player that's using a dice tower to where you can argue, oh, well, they're cheating with the dice tower? If you think they're cheating, deal with the cheater. But don't broad brush everybody. You know, I'll use myself as an example. I use a dice tower when I play online. I don't like using the dice tower, but for my particular setup, the dice tower makes more sense. There are other players in this game I know they use a dice tower because, for example, they have limited play space. 
they're filming at a computer desk. They don't have a lot of space. They couldn't just roll the die normally. It would be a problem. Rolling with the dice tower allows them to keep the roll contained while still being a roll, while the die still has action. It's still moving around. If you tell these players you can't use dice towers, you can't use dice cups, do you think they're going to go out and buy a new desk? No, they're just going to quit playing online. It's not going to be worth the hassle. You know, if you make a hobby people enjoy a hassle, they'll just go find another hobby. So the idea of trying to ban dice towers, trying to ban dice cups, just a terrible idea. You know, I've lived and been affected personally by the you shouldn't be allowed to play certain dice except for this type and this type. And that's actually loosened really since Grand Gathering. They've allowed people to play more different types of dice than they have in the past. I'm fine with that. Again, if you think somebody has a fixed die, if somebody has manipulated their die, their tower, their cup, to basically roll a certain way every time, deal with that on an individual basis. But just sort of taking the option away from everyone, I think is a terrible idea. I'm against it. For me, this doesn't affect me. I'm still a lifetime banned from championship shots. So the idea of should I be able to use a dice tower or not in a championship match, I don't get championship matches. But for people who like the dice tower, I don't think you should take that away from them. That's just me, though. The current ruling as it stands, which we have to respect now, dice towers and cups are currently banned from championship play unless otherwise stated. And this also creates tension, too, because some general managers want to stick to that and some don't. So now we have a, instead of having a united front for how matches should be, we now have different competing factions. To me, whatever the LFF general manager says should go for everybody. But we've already seen one championship match since this was decreed where the champions used a dice tower and nothing happened. And now this opens up another avenue. Because let's say a second championship match happens and the champion uses a dice tower. And they get stripped of the belt. They lose automatically. How is it going to be fair that these champions could use a dice tower and not these other champions? Now we start opening up favoritism arguments. Awful all around. This is just a terrible ruling. I'm 100% against it. Speaking of terrible rulings, people are proposing what they're calling the Great Reset, stripping all the champions of their belts and basically starting all the championships fresh. Terrible idea. So many reasons it's terrible. I'm just going to give you one. Logistics. We already have a huge problem with championship matches trying to schedule champions and challengers to have matches. How much worse is the scheduling going to be if now every single championship is vacated? Terrible idea. Now, I don't know if, again, people are just trolling with the suggestion or if they're serious about it. Again, the problem is even if some people are trolling, other people are serious, think this is a good idea. It's just not a good idea. But that's my thought on that. I'll say more if I think more needs to be said, but right now I think I've said all I need to say.
Next bit of Super Show news. CCC. We have the results for match number four in the first round of the 2023 Creative Competitor Competition. That match ran last week from May 10th through May 13th. They announced the winners May 17th. This was a triple threat match or triad match like all of them in the first round are. The Phil Birch versus the New York Phenom versus Moxie. I have a correction to make. I did not think that the New York Phenom made a promo video. He did. I missed it. I'm sorry. I was corrected on that. I think he was the only one that actually made a video. Moxie, I remember seeing the Q&A post. I saw a post from Phil Birch. I saw a lot of Phil Birch's faction mates in the big picture make videos for him, but I did not see one from him specifically. The winner. Kind of a surprise. The competitor created by Colton Jankowski, Moxie. Moxie will be joining the Foreman, Matty Bar One, Rowdy Ron, and JAC in round two. We also have the participants for match five. Match number five will start this Wednesday, May 24th. This is a surprise. It's a change in pattern. Normally, they were giving people a week after the announcement. So normally, they'd announce, to use this last week as an example, normally when the announcement came on the 17th, we wouldn't know who was going to be in the next match until the 24th. We know now. They announced who was going to be in the match, I believe, this past Friday. So they're not getting as much time as they usually get. Normally, people in the match get a week to make promos. They're getting less than a week because instead of being announced on Wednesday, it was announced on Friday. Here are the three people who are in the match. Match number five will be between the Trickster the Survivalist, and Private Cuddles. Pat Mulligan has posted the description and the art for those three competitors on the SRG Super Show discussion group on Facebook. I'm only familiar with Private Cuddles of the Cuddle Commandos. He was in last year's contest, last year's competition. I don't know anything about the other two besides what's in those descriptions. If you're interested in those competitors, check that out. At this point, I have not seen any promos from anybody regarding the fifth match. Hopefully, we'll get some more between now and Wednesday. Time is short. Again, they've shortened the time between matches. That kind of signals to me they've realized they're running out of time. I could be wrong on that, but they are definitely now speeding up round one. They're taking less time. I wonder if that's because they're trying to wrap round one up before Origins Game Fair. That's a possibility. I think last time I talked about the timing of this, I realized the last match of round one would run into Origins Game Fair week. So maybe they're taking away a week, possibly two weeks, to get this wrapped up before Origins. We'll have to see. But next Wednesday, May. 24th, match number five should start, run three days, 
You'll get the voting link. You can vote once an hour, every hour, for either the Survivalist, the Trickster, or Private Cubs. That's what I have for you on the CCC. I hope I see some promos out of these people going forward. I talked about Cheetah Cup last week, mentioned it earlier on the show. Signups, from what I understand, have closed. The phase one of picking has closed. So everyone in Cheetah Cup 2 that does not have a competitor in Super Show the Game, they've all picked the competitors they're going to use. The people in the Cheetah Cup that have competitors are now choosing, I believe they have until Friday, just going from memory, to get those picks in. Cheetah did make a post on the Facebook discussion group showing who is ineligible to be picked as of right now for the people who still need to pick. Those that are in the tournament that have a competitor in Super Show the Game, those players get to pick who they want to use in the tournament. Picks live right now. Again, check that list. Look for it. Search Ian Chambers. Find the list. Make your pick if you're participating in the tournaments. I think let's give some tournament updates next. The tournament to determine the next contender for the United States Championship has reached the finals. The finalists are Colin the Chrononaut playing as Steel Wool and Big Match Pete playing as Johnny T. They will have their finals match in a steel cage match. There was a vote on Talk of the Universe on Twitch to determine if it would be a sticks, stairs, and chairs match or a steel cage match by a vote of 12 to 6, steel cage 1. It's going to be a steel cage match for the finals of this tournament. I don't know when this is going to happen. I will report on the results when I have them. We have also reached the finals of the Rising Star 3 tournament. The finalists are the Phil Birch using Ikuzo Fox Assassin and the TVA Commissioner Drew Madsen using Amazing Red. They're going to face off in what I believe is a main event match scheduled May 30th after the dojo on twitch.tv slash srguniverse. In addition to the stipulation, it's also going to be a limited special guest referee match. The special guest referee is going to be the Pulverizer. This is because both players in the finals were coached by John Pulverino. Once per match, each player will be able to use the gimmick of the Pulverizer. I believe this is a gimmick that allows them to add to a breakout roll by discarding cards. And I believe they get an additional bonus if one of the cards discarded is a suplex. Just going from memory on the Pulverizer gimmick, once per match, each player will be able to use that gimmick. Look for that May 30th. We've had some championship matches this week. Tuesday night, after the dojo, the LFF Trios Championship was defended. The challenger was the Cheetah, playing as the New World Order. The champion, Simple Chuck, playing as the Higher Class. This is the version of the Higher Class with Loudmouth Leo Larynx, Wooly Bully, and the general manager, John Clays. And I'm not sure if it's Wooly Bully or the phenomenal one, Kirk Polka, but it features those three gentlemen on the card, and you can use finishes from those three gentlemen. 
This match went to crowd meter two. Both players hit finishes, low roll for the finish at both crowd meter zero and one. At crowd meter two, there is a finish hit. The winner and still champion, Simple Chuck. Congratulations to him for successfully retaining the LFF Trios Championship. That was Tuesday. Friday, we had another championship, the Deep South Tag Team Championships. The challengers, ironic. Nick Nimble playing as Cheshire and Rowdy Ron playing as Bandersnatch. The team was named ironic. It wasn't ironic that they were the challengers. Let me specify that. The champions, the team of Stupid Rich, Leo the Law playing as himself, Ms. Southern Bell playing as herself. That's the Super Show Bell, not the Ikuzo Bell. Crowd Meter 2, the winners at Crowd Meter 2, still champions, Stupid Rich. Congratulations to them for the victory. Those were the two championship matches we had this week prior to Sunday Night Fights. Sunday Night Fights results will be at the end of the show. We had one other contender match this week, the big birdcage match Wednesday, pretty much replacing Talk of the Universe, the LFF World Heavyweight Championship birdcage contender match. The winner of the match will be the next contender for the LFF World Heavyweight Championship currently held by the Grump. I'm just going to run through this briefly, give you the people in the match in the order they entered and in the order they were eliminated. So, first two men in. Number one, playing as Pat the Thinker, the Lucha Maniacal Uberstar. Number two, playing as the Pretzel Wizard, Piglet. At crowd meter one, Boom Bada enters the match playing as the Witch's Apprentice, and we have our first elimination. Piglet eliminates the Uberstar, the Lucha Monaco Uberstar, at crowd meter one. He's the first man out. The next man in is Bobby Motherlove in Ohio, playing as Bobby Ohio. He's followed by the phenomenal one, Kirk Polka playing as Haley Stevens. And then the last man in, playing as AJ Styles, Alec Ventresca. Our next elimination is at crowd meter five. Piglet, the second man in the match, the only man to score an elimination so far, is eliminated by Bobby Motherlove in Ohio. The third elimination, Bobby Motherlove in Ohio himself, he is eliminated by the phenomenal one, Kirk Polka. The phenomenal one, Kirk Polka, is himself eliminated by Boom Bada. And so the last two men in the birdcage are Boom Bada and Alec Ventresca. The winner of the birdcage with the last elimination, Alec Ventresca. Alec Ventresca wins. He will face the Grump. Date and time to be named later. Very interesting turn of events. We had no one eliminate more than one person. And every person that scored an elimination was the next man eliminated. Piglet got the first elimination. Then he was eliminated by Bobby O, who was eliminated by Kirk Polka, who was eliminated by Bumbada, 
who was eliminated by Alec Ventresca. I don't know if I've ever seen that happen before, but it happened here. So, unique feature of the match, and Alec Ventresca is getting a shot at the big prize in the Legendary Fighting Federation. And then I think before I get into the tournaments from this past week, just a little product news. We're going to be getting some new 1 through 27 cards and some new competitors. Those are going to be releasing for right now in mystery boxes and payoff packs. Some of the new competitors that will be releasing in Origins are also coming out this way. There's going to be, for example, some Matt Cardona competitor sets in these mystery boxes and payoff packs, some even autographed. So if you're interested in trying to chase those, that's something you can do. There are some new versions of cards in there with updated text. All that's going on, that's the new product release. Let's talk about tournaments. Three that I'm aware of from this week. Monday, we have a hardcore consigliere fights. 22 players in this tournament. Four groups, four players per group. Two groups, three players per group. Top two players per group advanced. So we have 12 players in the top cut. It looks like some players got a buy. It looks like there were four players that got a buy into the top eight. The remaining eight played off in singles matches using the ring step stipulation. Then we had tables matches in the quarterfinals, kendo stick matches in the semifinals, and steel chain match in the finals and in the third place match. Top four were in fourth place playing as Lord Gareth, Rowdy Ron. In third place, playing as the original Mr. Snap, James Booker. The finalists were Zach Ashley playing as Aerial Lipstick, and Bob Dunn playing as Flyboy, with the winner, Bob Dunn with his creation, Flyboy. Congratulations to him for winning the Monday Night Consigliere Fights. Thursday, Chibi has his first Seat of Power tournament in the eight-week series. 23 players here, three groups of six players, one group of five players. Top two advance into the top cut per group, top two per group. Quarterfinal round sees all Liger's Den matches. Semifinals, all Beast Unchained. Finals match, third place match, tables, ladders, and chains. Top four were in fourth place. Eddie Fury playing as Eddie Fury. In third place, the judge Tim Riley playing as the Rising Sun. The finalists, the Grump playing as the Shogun. And Simple Chuck playing as Captain CJ Spara, with Simple Chuck taking the victory as CJ Spara. Both he and the Grump have now qualified for the Tournament of Champions once the Seat of Power series is done. Congratulations to Simple Chuck for the victory and to Simple Chuck and the Grump for qualifying for the tournament. Friday, we have a King of the Membership Ring single elimination tournament. 24 players in this tournament. The winner of the tournament gets a Membership Ring card if they don't have one. If they do, they get an unpainted Membership Ring. The final three in this end up being... Bob Dunn playing as Amos the Ironworker, Hold the Line Harry playing as Fire Flash, and the Cannoli playing as Shade with the winner 
the cannoli as shade. Now, I feel like the cannoli already has a membership ring. I don't know if he didn't have a physical one, and in this case, he would get it. If he has both, I don't know if they're paying it forward, but that's what's happening here. There will be a few more of these tournaments in the future, so look for those. They may have a slightly different structure, but that was the King of the Ring tournament. I didn't mention this earlier. I'll mention it here just briefly. You did have to play a competitor that was either a player that was in a box set or someone that was wearing a full face mask. Those were the restrictions for the competitors. Outside of that, everything else was legal. All the cards, everything else was legal. You just had to play a competitor that either had a full face mask or came in a box set. Any box set, including things like the old school packs. I think things like the Halloween deck and the full art deck were also included in this. But that was the restriction. And the Cannoli won. Congratulations to the Cannoli. Congratulations to all the winners from this week. This brings us to Sunday Night Fights. There were three matches on Sunday Night Fights tonight. The first was for the American Interstellar Hardcore 23-7 Championship held by Alexander Slamilton. The challenger for this championship, Candyman. Candyman and Alexander Slamilton have been battling back and forth. They've each gotten one victory off the other. So this match is not just for the championship, it's for the feud. Candyman is playing Emo Man. Slamilton is playing himself. This match goes to crowd meter one. The winner, new American Interstellar Hardcore 23-7 champion, Candyman. Congratulations to her. Afterwards, she pays forward a membership ring challenge that was given to her by Chris Pate to Alexander Slamilton. So Alexander Slamilton will face the SRG BOSS and hopefully defeat him and win himself a membership ring. Second match of the night, the LFF Hardcore Championship on the line. The champion, Harvey Lester with Scott Prime. The challenger, the beast Michael Kerr with Quadruple H. And what I believe is a kendo stick match. Full disclosure, I was in the car on the way home while this match was going on. I can tell you that it went to Crowd Meter 2. The winner at Crowd Meter 2, new champion, the Beast Michael Kerr. Congratulations to the Beast. So far, both champions have lost, and two Misos players have lost. The third match features a Misos champion. Kirk Polka. It's the Deep Six Championship. This was the final match of the card. Kirk Polka and Najamai attempts to defend the championship against the master strategist Micah Swafford playing as Flip Gordon in a main event match that goes all the way to crowd meter five. At crowd meter five, Kirk Polka hits the finish. Micah Swafford breaks out with a 10 on the third breakout roll. Crowd meter 5 is the maximum, so it doesn't go up. After all of the shuffling, per the stipulation, Kirk Polka hits a schoolboy, and Micah Swafford isn't able to kick out. Kirk Polka wins, meaning that Misos Gaming only goes 1 and 2. 
but we have two new champions on Sunday Night Fights. Congratulations to all of the winners from Sunday Night Fights. Normally, I would end the show here, but breaking news. The Super Show events for Gen Con are now available to be registered for on Gen Con's website. There are nine events. Four of those events are Learn to Play Super Show the Game. If you want to sign up or recommend someone sign up for these, they're $2 for each event. The first event scheduled to take place at noon on Thursday. The second, Friday at 11 a.m. Third, Saturday at 11 a.m. Fourth, Sunday at 11 a.m. Again, all of these Learn to Play Super Show events cost money. Unlike Origins, where the cost of events is for the most part included in the badge, at Gen Con, you're having to pay for events. A lot of events run $2, $4, around there. Event prices are per $2. So you'll never have a $3 event. It's all every $2 is how they price it. So the Learn to Play events, $2, scheduled for one hour. No materials required. That's what's listed on Gen Con's website. The first event... Friday noon, it is the Super Show Singles Stipulations Only event. $2 for your ticket. It's scheduled to be 1 hour and 30 minutes per the website. This tournament is going to be run by Loudmouth Leo Larynx. It's a double elimination tournament. There will be a one-of-a-kind prize for the winner. That's all that's listed on the website. That's the first event for Friday. Second event for Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern start time, scheduled for 4 hours and 30 minutes. It's a $4 event. This is the Super Show 2023 Singles Tag Team Championship. So this is just your standard tag team tournament. 2020 Visions in Effect. The winners will receive effectively a one-of-a-kind prize, although it's two copies of a one-of-a-kind prize. You will, with this event and the previous event, have to bring your own deck, dice, etc. That's all that's listed for this event. That's all the information on Gen Con's website. Saturday. Two events listed for Saturday. The first, Super Show 2023 Play Pure Championship. Scheduled for five hours starting at noon. It's a $2 entrance fee. You cannot use entrances, skill requirement cards, or spectacle cards. There are booked competitors. The tournament winner will become the LFF Play Pure Champion. Get the belt. That is pretty much what is listed on this event. The second event for Saturday. Saturday night, 5 p.m. Eastern, scheduled for 4 hours and 30 minutes, $2 to enter, $2 for your ticket. The Super Show 2023 Singles World Championship. Stipulations will be used in the top cut at the discretion of the LFF General Manager. Winner gets a one-of-a-kind prize. 
Again, you will have to bring your own deck, dice, etc. All these events going forward, you have to provide everything. You should have some familiarity with the rules. That's the second event for Saturday. Sunday, 11 a.m. start time. We have the Super Show 2023 Tornado slash Trios Championship. $4 to enter. Again, you'll need your own deck. Either a Tornado deck or Trios deck. Dice, etc. At the start of the event, you will choose if you want to play in the Tornado Tag or the Trios event. There will be a winner for each one, and they'll get a unique prize. That's how this works. Apparently, the winners of the event also will square off in a first-of-its-kind event. I don't know what that means, but I'm guessing the Tornado Tag Team winner and the Trios winner will face each other once both tournaments are done. That is what is going on. That's what I have information-wise for Gen Con. I will give you more as I receive it, but right now the events are listed on Gen Con's website. You can go there now, buy your tickets. I think you have to have your badge already before you can start getting tickets, but sign up, get your badge, get your tickets. All that is available to happen now. Gen Con scheduled to take place August 3rd through 6th in Indianapolis, Indiana at the Indianapolis Convention Center. That's all I have for Gen Con. As far as Super Show events for next week, of course, I've talked about the big one. May 28th, Legendary Realms, in-person created competitive tournaments. Online, as of right now, there's currently nothing listed online, but we should see Chibi's Seat of Power Week 2. This Thursday, we should see some sort of Monday Night Fights. We should see Dojo Tuesday nights, twitch.tv slash Universe. And just keep an eye out for any kind of pop-up event that may happen. With that being said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. I would like to thank all of you for listening, and a good day.